Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, I want to take the time to thank my guests of a couple of things that I know uh, that is important in my eyes. And first is their time. Dana, thank you so much for this precious commodity that you have afforded us here at Threads of Enlightenment, that you're willing to spend some of that quality stuff with us. The other is your journey. I thank you so much. And it is my hope that I create a space by which we can uh, create. It's such a safe and restful space that you can feel at home and be able to share some of your journey, your pain, your strength, your defeats, all of it, so that we can gurgitate, eat, learn, and become better human spirits. Thank you so much, Dana, for coming to President Enlightenment. Oh, thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. I am excited about this. I want you to tell them all that you have created, those things that you have given birth to, and uh, so that they can get a chance to know and see what you have created from your journey. Oh, so um, just to put it in a little bit of context, I am a 25 uh, veteran uh, right out of school, became a teacher, uh, my background's in special ed. But in about 2015, when um, Oh my God, I had probably been teaching about 20 years. I picked up a paintbrush for the first time in my adult life. And mm. I had always been creative. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a veterinarian or artist. And then that went out the window and I went and did adult things. But I picked up a paintbrush for the first time. And I always joke when I say by happenstance, because mm-hmm. I don't have to finish this thing. <laughs> But I picked up this paintbrush and something that had lain dormant for decades had awoken in me. Mm-hmm. And I began to paint and I painted every day. I had young children at the time and I would come home from work, you know, the soul sucking job, right? That I'm pulling yeah. my eyelashes yeah. out on the way home, <laughs> the drive home and uh, the very stressful job, the job that I think was a catalyst for my uh, getting rheumatoid arthritis because mm-hmm. of the amount of, of stress that was involved and other and yeah. um came home every night and painted and it was every day and i would come home put the kids you know feed the kids put them to bed put the uh sheet on the dining room table and paint and i'd go to work i had a beautiful office and i had paintings all over my walls and i would give them people i was like oh bro you get a painting you get a painting <laughs> it was like that's what i need to do and yeah. just to give you an idea of how this progressed 
within about six months, I found my voice. I wasn't just copying things on the internet. I started painting these paintings of mothers and children together and then independent women. And, and I really had my own style. And then somebody said, wanted to pay me to do a painting. Mm. And I was like, I was like, (laughs) so then I started doing art festivals. Fast forward. That was January, 2015. By June 2007, uh, or we'll say August, I walked into my principal's office, you know, when we were getting ready to start school. And I was yeah. like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this when I know I can do that. I have to follow yeah. what's in my heart. And yeah. it was a risk for sure. I, we lived and I was making six figures. Uh, cause I was in administration. Like I've been doing what I was doing. I had a career. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, and, um, we lived in a little house by the beach in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I drove a, you know, fancy car and, um, and my husband was amazing. And I had children, like I had to be able to support them. And my husband yeah. said, you know, if you follow what's in your heart, he's like, yeah. we have to move. We have to sell the house, buy a less expensive house. He's like, you can't drive yeah. your fancy car anymore because it's not completely paid <laughs> for. And without hesitation, I handed in the keys to the car. We sold wow. the house on the market. And within six months, we were living in a, again, out in like, I always say the woods, but in a rural area, uh, drove a car that I could afford and, um, and quit my job. And my husband and we put a shed on the property, like a large shed. My husband macked it out and put electricity in it and put, uh, (laughs) um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, insulation on the walls, an air conditioner Mm -hmm. unit, floors, the whole deal. And for two years, I painted my little heart out until I figured out how I was going to make a living doing. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And then again, fast forward by two years later, my intuition, my, my sense of uh, spirituality began to take its own road because as you know, when you, when you nurture your creative spirit, yeah. right? Your heart and your connection, your universal energy of love, whatever you want to call it, call it God, call it source, call it, Whatever it is, become more connected to that and your gifts develop and grow. So I found myself because I took this leap of faith on Mm -hmm. this spiritual journey. Who knew where the hell it was going, but I was (laughs) following it because I felt it in my soul. I felt it in my heart and my husband knew enough to support me in the process. So I wound up in a gallery. I wound up uh, owning my own gallery, but it was an art. Mm -hmm. It was, is an art gallery and intuitive because I understood that these creative spirits grow in tandem. Yes. So now I have this gallery called the Ubuntu Fish Gallery. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we could talk more about that. But just again, to fast forward, because I could go on and on and on about the creativity and how wonderful it is. <laughs> but I wound up shifting from the painting because I couldn't stop painting. It was just, it was flowing yeah. through me, flowing, coming out of me. And now I have this gallery, but now I booked like my mm-hmm. creativity shifted to writing. And even though I'm still mm-hmm. a visual artist, now I write. Yeah. And I just wrote a book called 10 Recommendments for Personal Empowerment about mm-hmm. how I you know, created this beautiful life for myself from what I refer to as a dumpster fire of my youth. You said we're all traumatized, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And this follow-up book, which I'm in the process of um, editing right now, that is going to probably be released in right around Christmas, New Year's, like in the next few months. Okay. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. Beyond the Ten, Decoding the Woo-Woo. And that mm-hmm. chronicles my spiritual journey and how all these terms and all these these concepts are thrown around, but don't understand what it's like to have lived in it. Um, yeah. Truly could be a little put off by it. So yes. I talk about what my journey looked like, how I took the risk, how I handled mm-hmm. it, 
how I quit the job, how I wound up following my bliss. And now I'm living this magical life that, that I exist in right now. I hope that, uh, wasn't too, too much, but there's so no, much. That is, that is, <laughs> that is your story at, in, um, you capsule it, but we're going to break it down in, into pieces, but that's it. That is, um, all that it is in life. It's going beyond the programming. As I said, we are programmed to come out of school, get your degree, get into corporate America, go get the white fence, and then you're going to be there. You're going to be happy ever after. And once you get there, you realize that, no, I'm not happy ever after there. And then you're looking, where do I go? Where do I go? And then you have to learn to see and be alert to know the inside of you is beginning to speak. And we'll talk about all of that. And um, you had mentioned on the onset when you said we are all, I believe that principles that we discover on our journey is all the same. It's universal. But the beautiful part of it is that we go through that journey and we have an individual revelation of that journey through our gift. And that makes it so much beautiful because you then get to see this central picture which is houses all the wisdoms and the principles but you get the flavor through someone that is an artist someone that is a singer someone that is a teacher someone that is a a, a, from all of these backgrounds and they bring this beauty to this picture of those principles and life gets really really tasteful and um that is why I believe that every single human being on this planet have a part to play if they would allow themselves to be play, to be a part in that uh, play that is out there um, through personal growth and development. Dana, take us back. When you were born, mom and dad kissed you. Mm-mm-mm. They brought you <laughs> home from the hospital and put you in this beautiful room. And you have begun living and they now are going to posit into you the wisdom and what they have accumulated through their life based on their drama, how they see the world, their trauma, how they perceive the world. Now they're going to teach you. How was your family life? How was your upbringing? Okay. So again, for the sake of time and for the economy of words, I'm obviously going to give you the... The, the high point, but I will tell you that in the, the first book, in 10 Recs, it, uh, yeah. well, 10 Recommendments, the cool kids go 10 Recs, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I, what I do is it's a loose autobiography of, mm-hmm. again, my experiences and then what I gleaned from the experiences. And then it took, but from a teacher, it meets the yeah. how to, like how you yes. can do the same. So. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm going to gloss over this, the the, the real juicy stuff is, is in the mm-hmm. book. But uh, my mother and father, they were. Um, you know, I come from an Italian background. My father, uh, I'm from North. Jer- well, I'm from Jersey. My parents are from North Jersey, and my father worked in the city. And he was young. Mm-hmm. He was smart. He was a hot hot shot exec. And my mother was just stunning. And she, um, I get a charming and charismatic and all that, but she had really really low self esteem. So my mm-hmm. mother had low self-esteem, she had abandonment. But on the outside, she was perfect. My yeah. father followed all the rules, right? Went mm-hmm. to the right school, and he got the right degrees, and he got the right job, and he had the house in the suburbs, and he had the beautiful wife, and he had the son and the daughter, and the house on the lake, and the whole deal. So they were following all the rules. But they yeah. were both uh, very, very damaged. They were had their own trauma. 
as a yeah. child, obviously, I don't know this, yeah. you know, but they, <laughs> they have their own trauma. So my mother, her go-to in her coping um, was to be cold and aloof. So she not, not yeah. only had her, she created it. My father, yeah. I always joke, would flip a table in an instant, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he had difficulty yeah. regulating his anger. So it yeah. was just a disaster. My brother, who is a few years older than me, first-born Italian son, yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. was he was the princeling, and I was, as you could probably tell in the first twelve minutes of this conversation, I had a big mouth, <laughs> and I'm a highly, I was a highly sensitive child, and so yeah. I not only was aware of this because of my own sensitivity and understanding, but because mm. I'm mouthy, I wasn't afraid to shine the spotlight on all the dysfunction. Yeah. So yeah. it was a tumultuous, you know, experience at that. And by 14 yeah. years old, by 12 years old, forgive me, my parents got divorced. Um, and it was ugly. It was ugly. Yeah. And my brother and I lived with my mother in the very beginning, but we were killing each other because we went from like a, a draconian sort of very, um, structured, uh, and with strong discipline with my father. Everybody was afraid. Mm-hmm. So my father leaves and my mother was just like, do what you want. And now you got a 12 year old and a 16 year old in the house, do what we want. And I'm getting my ass kicked on the daily for my brother because he doesn't know how to cope. Fast yeah. forward, and again, I'll be brief. My bro- my mother asks my father, because they're kind of, you know, interactive, uh, yeah. asks my father to come and um, restore order while she goes away for a weekend and gets her head on. So I am mm-hmm. now 13. She yeah. can get her head on straight. And she never returned. Wow. Now, the story of my mother is your father came in lock, stock, and bag and uh, told me if I returned, he would kill me. Wow. My father's story is your mother left for another man. Hmm. So there's truth in both of these for sure. Yeah. But as a child, all I know is my mother left, she never came back, and now I'm with this crazy. And I probably yeah. lasted another six months or so. My brother's driving at this point, so he's off doing his thing. My father and I, I'm an adolescent, so yeah. we know yeah. that didn't go well, right? <laughs> like I said. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> finally, you know, again, yada, 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 long story short, uh, I had a final blowout with my father the summer I turned 14, the summer mm. before I went to my freshman year of high school. He took my dog, the pound, as a, you know, a disciplinary action and mm-hmm. uh, and that day. And we've had fights that even became physical at times that I would just pick up and run away and he would, like physically, he would chase me and bring me home and it was always a thing. And this time I walked out the door and I never came back. And wow. um, and what happened after that again is complicated. My mother got yeah. involved in all of these things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was the beginning of my adulthood essentially. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so as an adult, I could look back and say, you know, my father, he was going through the toughest time of his life. He just left his job in New York, probably because he couldn't regulate, regulate his own anger. Just yeah. split up with his wife. He's now got two teenagers and one of them is difficult. You know, it's just, it's just difficult. And he mm-hmm. didn't know how to behave. 14 year old version of me was like, Oh, I can't trust the adults in my life. Oh, yeah. I'm garbage. I'll be treated as such. Oh, if, yeah. it wasn't, if I wasn't so fill in the blank, you know, my parents might still be together, you know, all of that. And so it, what it does is, and you know, that creates a belief system within you. And then you mm-hmm. develop patterns in your life based on that belief system. Based on, and you yes. bump into others that you align with along the way mm-hmm. until you have the realizations that it's all rational. It's all a part of your environment. You're responsible to shift 
your own beliefs, your own patterns and actions, and create mm-hmm. the life that you'd like to live. Dana, you just spoke um, power um, in those uh, last few uh, statement is we attract the energy that we are comfortable with. Yes. And um, if you're comfortable with someone that is abuser, you are going to pull that energy because you're comfortable with it and yes. you recognize it. There is a uh, form of security there. So you're going to pull that. And that's why we end up with men and women that are similar from where we come from. But like you said, at some point, we have the opportunity to make the decision, wait a minute, I need to take responsibility for myself. I need to become an individual. And how old were you, Dana, when you, I know you left home, uh, your mom were uh, in and out, and you mentioned a few things there. How old were you when you made that decision that, hey, I need to become an individual, apart from your mom and dad, even though you're here, but you when you needed to be you. Because you mentioned that you came out of high school and then you went to college. But how old were you when you said, I need to be me? 40? (laughs) You know, people talk about, uh, you know, awakening and evolution uh, and, uh, you know, the dark night of the soul. Right. Yes. And, and I feel like with that whole dark night of the soul, you know, if we just get rid of that terminology, say sometimes when things get bad enough, that's mm-hmm. when you decide to change them. But until right. you understand that you have the ability to change it, they don't change. They so, don't change. So I go off to college with this sort of, you know, dysfunctional way of looking at myself and the world around mm-hmm. me. Yeah. But yeah. You know, I'm doing following the rules. I go to college, I get the job, I do my thing. But like internally, I still feel like the victim, still feel. I would never, ever have called myself. I would always call myself a powerhouse. I overcome obstacles. I'm a bit of a badass. I'm from Jersey. Don't you know this? Like I always (laughs) kind of had that persona, but I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't have the beautiful relationship with my friends. And and all my friends in my 20s were getting married. And why not me? And why are they meeting great guys? And I'm meeting guys that are abusive, mm-hmm. yeah. neglectful, right? Yeah. Don't see mm-hmm. me. Don't get me. Like, what is it? I'm great. What, what, what am I doing wrong here, right? Like, that was always my yeah. perspective. So to answer your question, it was a bit of an evolution for me because I went through my entire 30s. Like, in your 20s, when you're a little bit dysfunctional, everybody's trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. Oh, you yeah. You don't really notice. Like, you're in college. Yeah. We're all idiots, right? Yeah. No offense. But we're all idiots. <laughs> but then we start to really mature and then mm-hmm. start to get married, start to have children yeah. of our own, right? And when I was in my 30s, I'm watching all of my normal friends do that. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out why, like, this is so elusive for me. So in 30s, it was jerk after jerk after jerk, if I may say so. I shouldn't say that. Basically, uh, the jerk that I was aligned with, the jerk that I was aligned with, the jerk that I was aligned with, all of of those years. And then with every one of those, I learned a little something about myself. Oh, yeah. I said I wanted this. This is amazing when you say, when you declare mm-hmm. you want something, yeah. somehow the universe conspires to bring it to you, right? But yeah. there was a lesson in it. 
if you're really yeah. still needing to work on something. Yeah. So in every little, I say relationship, I never had a relationship in my 30s that went on more than a year, right? So Encounters, every, I call them. Every, every encounter. Encounter. <laughs> encounter. You're much more polite than I am. So we'll call them yeah. encounters. Encounters. So, <laughs> yeah. so every encounter that I had um, yeah. just showed me something else. And so you learn, you know, so it's not mm -hmm. like an overnight where I changed my belief system. It was like a molding, right? But yeah. at the same time, it was getting progressively worse because what I've mm -hmm. learned in hindsight, of course, because that's you know, a yeah. beautiful field of vision. Always. Yeah. What I learned was when we have imbalances in ourselves that we need to reconcile, mm -hmm. the way the learning experiences are presented to us is it could be like a tap on the shoulder, like, Hey, yes. oh, okay. Or if you ignore that, then it's like yeah. a punch in the arm. If you ignore that mm -hmm. smack in the head. And then I'm like, then, then you get a good old wind up in the, you know, in the private yeah. parts until you're really mm -hmm. forced to listen. So yeah. it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I was becoming more hopeless and, and, and more so in despair. And then finally I made a shift in uh, my late thirties. And here's mm -hmm. the, the, the answering your question. My late thirties, I had a shift. Um, I wound up selling my apartment or my condo that I lived in. And I wound up buying a house because I had a Shih Tzu. Mm -hmm. uh, she's no longer with us, but I had a Shih Tzu who I had bought because I was so lonely and used to sneak yeah. into my condo because I wasn't allowed to have dogs. Yeah. And I, after about a year, I got caught and I started getting the dreaded condo lift. And yeah, instead yeah. of giving up the dog because she meant so much to me, because it was really the first like love, like kind of unconditional love that I had, right? Mm -hmm. I wound up selling my condo. It was in the, you know, 2008. So it was right for the market. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. So I made some money on my condo and I bought this house so I could keep my dog. So I showed a dedication to myself and to something yeah. that I love. And mm -hmm. somehow without my realizing it, my energy started. Hmm. Then I met my daughters uh, shortly after that because now I'm domesticated. Right now I'm at home <laughs> and I'm focusing <laughs> yeah. on, you know, like curtains and paint in the yard and the landscaping. And somehow without realizing my energy shift shifted and my girls, my daughter's birth father. I say birth father because my husband has since adopted that story. Yeah. But he yeah. stepped in and I wound up within a course of years having these two children. That mm -hmm. moment I gave birth to my first daughter. Mm -hmm. something changed because I understood unconditional love for the first time. And yeah. in that moment, I saw my mother for what she really was. I had the blinders. Yeah. I didn't know. I yeah. saw all, I understood where I was neglected and where I was abused because now I saw, I saw love through the lens of motherhood. Yeah. And that's really, so I joked at 40, but I had my children at 38 and 39. So truly, not until I was 40, did I truly get it? Not completely, because yeah. now I'm 50. Well, I'm 51. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it, it is a beautiful story, though. It takes an event, and I tell people, you mentioned about um, the tap, the punch, and all that stuff, and that's what I tell people. We don't live in a state of, of awareness. And until you live in a state of awareness, you're not going to notice those things, those taps, those punch until something. And I mentioned on the onset of our, of our conversation, what I call the visitation, meaning that something is going to come into your life that is going to put a stop to all of this madness going on. And at that juncture, you have an opportunity to see things 
And when you begin to see things, you're not looking at, you're seeing it differently. You're seeing things with an understanding, a deeper understanding of whatever that situation is. Is it a different understanding of your relationship with your parents, a different understanding of a relationship with you? It begins to change you. And what a beautiful gift that you got where it was your child that offered that um, uh, that revelation to you so that you can begin to look at your mom, see who she is, look at you, see who you are, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then making the decisions necessary to um, change. And my mom used to say, change is not change until you change. <laughs> yeah. Well, the work, the, the work, you know, it's one thing to have the revelation, but to not do yeah. anything about it, then, yes. then you're, you're stuck. You're stuck. You, you, and, and I say this to people, I can, I can pinpoint a person why they're stuck. Um, mm-hmm. because they haven't made their statement of fate yet. And the statement of fate that I tell them is something that you believe more than anything. You said it earlier. When we speak things, we lose the power of that energy out. Um, and it comes from the belief system. And when we release it, it happens because we actually truly believe it. And I say when someone hasn't, uh, when they're stuck, is because they're uncertain. They don't know where to go. They haven't found what they believe in yet. Because once you find it, Dana, you usually speak it and then you actually take the corresponding actions to bring it to pass. It is something that is what happens with the mind and the spirit and it connects. And before people know it, they start doing what they said they would do if they believe it, if it's their statement of faith, if it's not. If it's just a wish, they'll say it quickly and it drops on the floor and it has no fruit. But when you say it from your inside, you'd be amazed how you pull all those people. Like you said, those guys were coming out of nowhere and you were having all of these encounters, as we said earlier. So here you are. You have your beautiful daughter. The first one began to wake you up and you began to see. And now you are going to put in the work because it demands work. Dana, it yes. Oh my God, the work, work started then. That's where the work yes. started. So talk to me about some of that work because we have to put in, we have to get on this journey to learn how to accept ourselves, how to start forgiving people, forgiving ourselves, forgiving. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, beautiful beginning. Talk to us as to how you began to formulate your plan, your plan, recognize it first of all, and then formulate your plan to make it happen. Okay. Oh. So, you know, it's funny when people talk about the work, you know, there's a lot of, let me, let me just, I just want to comment on something that you said prior to this. And you were talking about, you know, they have a thought and it drops on the floor and people, we talk about faith, right? And people Mm -hmm. lack the faith in themselves. In themselves. Yes. And this is the problem because we're putting our faith in things outside of us. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that there isn't value in having faith in things outside of us because again, we want to have faith. But if you don't have faith in yourself, then you don't follow up on anything. And the only way to have faith in yourself is to take action and then realize, Oh, I landed on both feet and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. So I, when I had the children and I was 
not in the most glorious of stations. I was with a man about 10 years younger. I, I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. He'll bring yeah. you from the go, but it just yeah. went this way. And once I had the one, I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to have another yeah. one. Understanding <laughs> that I was carrying the weight of all. He yeah. soon had proven to be what I had expected. Again, I don't want to drag him through the mud, but there was cheating. Yeah. There was money issue. There was all of that. And I wound up ending that relationship. So I have two young children, one and two. Mm-hmm. I'm over 40. My mother, she's been in and out of my life all these years. And she was in my life-ish. So she was in New Jersey. Yeah. I was in Florida. She'd come to visit. But I saw her. Now it's, I can't, I always say you can't unsee grandma naked, right? Like I can't <laughs> unsee her. So, yeah. so our relationship where we, there was a point in our thirties because we had estrangement and then not estrangement, estrangement and then not, not estrangement. But during times of the non estrangement, because I was in a darker place in my life, we connected yeah. because mm-hmm. we aligned, as you said, the energies matched each other. But now yeah. I have these children and my life is filled with joy. And regardless, of what it looks like as a circus around me again with the girl's birth father yeah. and mm-hmm. other you know dramatic aspects of my life she could no longer relate to me and i could no longer relate to her there was a complete dissonance, dissonance yeah. in our relationship because i again see her mm-hmm. so now i've got my children it looks like a train wreck but i couldn't be any happier my father who i had been estranged from since mm-hmm. at the very beginning, 14, we tried to reconcile around 18, but it didn't go anywhere. So I hadn't yeah. had a relationship with my father since I was 14 years old. And mm-hmm. right after my one year's birthday, I got a one mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> these two babies. And out of nowhere, I get a letter from my father who lived in Thailand most of the and used to mm-hmm. come home uh, back to the States three months out of the year to see his doctors and his accountant and do whatever it is he had to do to remain an American. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he happened, again, happened to have <laughs> a condo that was probably like five miles from the school that I worked in for like yeah. 16 years. Wow. And I walk into school one morning and there's a letter. There's no stamp. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's hand delivered. From I call him the legend of Joe Sardano because in my head, <laughs> who he was yeah. all those years is he was the memory of this fourteen-year-old mm-hmm. girl. I didn't even know yeah. who he was other than this scary guy from when I was fourteen. A letter yeah. from him, and basically it was like, you know, hi Dana, this is your father. Uh, I'm in town for two weeks. Um, I would love to see you. Yada yada yada. Something about the logistics. You know what I mean of when and where <laughs> and how. And then he was like. Not a day has gone by that I haven't thought about you. Love wow. you. So now, ooh, I don't want to get weird, but he just showed up. My father, <laughs> my father passed, but I feel you. So, <laughs> so he, uh, it was interesting because I always carried so much fear and I also carried the narrative of my mother and yeah. the memory of this little girl. But I had this thought. I'm like, well, he's got to be about 75 by now, like at the time. I'm like, yeah. Would I not see him? I'm a mm-hmm. grown woman with my own life. There's nothing to fear. And if this yeah. man, um, if he, if he had the courage to reach out to me after all of these years, then mm-hmm. who am I to not be available? Yeah. yeah. So I called him up. I invited him to my home. I remember I have this new cool house now because I had yeah. to buy it to my dog and I have mm-hmm. this. I invite him to my home, and I and even my friends were like, "You gonna let him be kids?" Because everybody knew the legend of Sardana, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was like, "There's, there's no nothing gonna harm us." Remember, yeah. A lot of these things that we do, whether we realize it or not, we peel them back. Oh, they're all based in fear. Yes. It's not based absolutely. in love. 
It's been yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes, so correct. I invite him over for lunch. He's my children. But I made a commitment to myself when I was going to meet with him because I didn't know what I was getting. I hadn't seen this guy mm-hmm. in 25 years. Um, I would not talk about anything prior to, like, prior to, like, the children being, like, anything before yeah. the, like, the last five years. Like, yeah. I would only discuss present circumstances because I'm going to meet this guy after all this time to rehash something that happened in, like, yeah. 1983. Made no sense. Mm-hmm. So he comes, he was on his best behavior, met children, and wonderful. And I also knew that he was going away. I knew that I yeah. was only meeting him. I wasn't considering building a relationship with him. I just... Yeah. It was safe. It was like feeding a yeah. squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And he came. We had a nice time, and he left. And we wound up maintaining a relationship through phone calls and things like that. Mm-hmm. That was just just for timeline. That was February of 2012. Mm-hmm. October of 2012. So we were six months later, seven months later. Mm-hmm. I met yeah. my husband. Wow. Who is? I could feel. Oh, oh my God. who is the i call my schmoopy he is the schmoopy of all schmoopies and i truly believe in my heart and soul that my ability to forgive my father and reconcile what i had carried all of those years and finally put it down i was able finally after a decade in my 30s i'm not even talking about my 20s my 20s were a shit show too but my 30s (laughs) Of why can I meet a guy and why can I be happy and why can I settle down? And I met my husband and we truly are living happily ever after, like without being too sappy. He's, he's everything that I've ever wanted. I just don't misunderstand. Like I yeah. want to like dig a hole and bury him in the backyard on the dam, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's for us. That's how we get along. But, uh, but he is truly everything that I ever could have wanted and deserved because I made that change. I made that decision. Yeah. It takes work. And, um, uh, I tell people personal development is not for the weak hearted. Uh, the weak hearted watch the ones that do the personal development and they'll, you know, they'll, they're familiar with fear and they want to stay there as you state because it's all governed by that. Uh, when you saw and met your father, you change your state, you change your perception of uh, maybe something in there about men that was there. Um, yeah. And when that perception shifted, you gave permission to, for your husband to walk in and he took the leading from that because it is that energy, that calling of energy again, yeah. that uh, he may have seen you because you were calling to that energy yep. and you draw him into your sphere and a conversation began or someone introduces you. It's really interesting. Look at the distance, the proximity by which your father was living from your school happenstance. I mean, that is an incredible thing. And what an opportunity that was given for you. And you took advantage of it and you answered the question, why wouldn't I asking? And I tell people, you become a detective when you are in your uh, personal development life because you're, you're personal developing until you die. And so when you're in that lifestyle, you're always asking questions. You're asking questions of everything because you're in a state of awareness. You're, why is this here at this time? What is the lesson yeah. that I need to extract mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. current situation, current person? That's what awareness brings you to in that life. And you live a life of investigation 
And it becomes this beautiful thing because as you stated, it's a walk of faith. And once you take that leap, you don't know where the heck it's going. But you know, at this present time, I'm, this step is right, is the right step. So you meet Mr. Wright six months after this encounter with your dad. Mr. Wright walks in and he began to, uh, you know, say the right things. And you began to feel the gushiness coming out of you. And your guys are planning this wonderful life, Dana. And you as a woman individual on this planet, you still got to go through your journey. You still got to walk through some stuff. Talk to me as he enters in. Kids are rosy. It is all going. But I know inside of you, if you're still at that job, it's not all that good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not even close to over. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, so again. Talk to me about that because... That dichotomy here, people think when we chase all these things that they program us to have, and I tell people, enemy of growth is normal. I hate that thing. People tell me I have to be normal. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, But that's what they, st- the stamp that they tell us that we, um, that we need to be. And I've interviewed hundreds of people and all of them. Uh, multimillionaires, uh, actress, famous doctors, famous people I've interviewed and all of them, they got millions, they got everything and they're sad and depressed and want to kill themselves. So here you are. Um, what is happening in your world as all of these changes began to come into your space, uh, Dana? Oh my goodness. So I got to tell you again, this is where the work begins. Now yeah. I've seen it, right? Now mm-hmm. again, the veil has been lifted and I either yeah. decide that I want to unhappily in this mm-hmm. awareness do something about it. So my husband comes in. Oh, and I do want to say that my job, I wasn't always unhappy in my job. I was aligned with my no. job because I was helping always, the children and I was yeah. fighting the man and all. <laughs> but when I began to change yes. and my job did not begin to change, I was like, yes. oh, you suck too. Like my <laughs> Okay. All right. So now I know, you know, and I get a joke, but I'm like, oh, now my yeah. mother sucks. My job sucks. Like these things <laughs> need to change because I'm no longer in alignment. So yeah, I meet my husband and I really, because I had these two young children and I was really, really trying to break the cycle of abuse and neglect. And I yes. was very aware of that. And I already was like behind the eight ball with it. Like I had already yes. broken up with their father, you know, like it was like mm-hmm. a whole thing. And I didn't want my husband to just come rolling in. But yeah. when it's right, and I'm going to say this to any women, men or women, but I'm speaking to women yeah. as a woman who have heard the statement, oh, you know, when you know, you know, you just yeah. know. And that always yeah. pissed me off because if I never knew, how am I supposed to know what what, what <laughs> I know feels like? like how am I, you know what I mean? And I always got frustrated, but something, here's how you know, when it's so easy, that you can't stop it. You just can't stop it. Like he came in, we had, it was easy. It felt good, right? I call it our emotional mm-hmm. guidance. If you feel yeah. yuck, there's an ick or yuck, then yeah. do less of that. And yes. if it feels good, it makes you happy, do more of that. You know, you want yes. a guide and where to go, just listen mm-hmm. to your ick, the ick factor, yeah. right? So it <laughs> felt good to be with Rob. So I spent yeah. more time with Rob. So in a very mm-hmm. short amount of time, 
you know, we got together in the fall. By January, we were building an addition on my house because I don't want to move my children from, like, yeah. from the house that they were born. So together, we came together. We built an addition on my house. And by June, he had moved into our home. And mm-hmm. uh, and by that time, he had uh, proposed to me. And then a year later, we got married. So we met mm-hmm. in 2012, moved in by 2013. By 2014, we were married. Yeah. But in that time, with the girl's birth father, he had met somebody right around the same time. And I had, mm-hmm. in the time we were, like, their birth father and me, the time that we were split, I had forgiven him of all of his misgivings and was trying yeah. to keep him to be a part of their life. It was very important that they... Yes. Um, that they be with their father. So I paid for mm. everything, you know, all that stuff, brought him to Disney yeah. with us, whatever. He had a girlfriend. We committed that girlfriend and my husband, well, boyfriend at the time, would be on board sharing holidays together and sharing events and birthdays and things like that. So these children could grow up in sort of a, in a happy, cohesive home where all the adults mm-hmm. got along, right? Well, that lasted about three months with the girlfriend and she didn't like it. And he started acting like a fool. And then he pulled the abandonment thing where he was disappearing. I'm obviously going through this rather quickly. And then I finally set my boundary and put my foot down. I never asked for child support. I never asked for anything other than you just being a part of your life. Now you get a lawyer. Yeah. Long story short, fast forward. He didn't get a lawyer. He finally did get a lawyer. He didn't want to conceive. He finally signed them over. He signed the paper. My husband adopted them in 2015, and we're all living mm-hmm. happily ever after. In the midst of this happening, my mm-hmm. job is starting yeah. to get quite uncomfortable. So now, yeah. oh, and right before I married my husband, there's so much you asked. Oh, my God, I'm Go. trying to just give you the high <laughs> point. I, I, so I, I want you to give this, give it all. Give it I all. Guess, but this is, <laughs> this is the work. If you want the salacious details, get the yeah. book. But yep, this get is the what book, happens. folks. Yeah. yeah. So, so. I'm engaged to my husband. We're going in. So we're in the spring of 2014. We get married in June 2014. I always see a calendar in my head. I don't know how you play in June. Mother and I had a disagreement. Like, I don't even remember what it was about. It was like so benign. But for the first time in my life, I set a boundary. And the boundary was, uh, mom, you owe me an apology. And she got all weird about it. And we hung up the phone. I said, well, call me when you're ready to apologize. And that's when that was. Not only did she not come to my shower, she didn't come to my wedding. She took the leash off my stepfather and brother, and they just, a barrage of just venom and ugliness. It's like they were all waiting. They were all waiting for permission to just go off on me. So they didn't come to my wedding. A wedding that I told my father I wasn't going to invite him and his brother Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to create chaos at my wedding. Yeah. So I called my father. He's on the other side of the world. You know where he is, Mm -hmm. right? Or where he was on the other side of the world. And I said, I'm sorry I was wrong. I didn't many sorry yeah. I was wrong. And he came to the wedding. My uncle and my cousins came to the wedding. And it was beautiful. And I have no regret. So now I'm estranged from my mother again. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I took out, again, did the work, made the difficult mm-hmm. decisions, cut my mother, sent my girl's birth father to get a lawyer. Um, so that is clearing itself up. Yes. So now, because I have more self-worth, now I'm finally seeing myself mm-hmm. through the eyes of this man who actually sees me, right? Yes. And I'm beginning to go, oh, I I am relatively, and I am a beautiful person, and I don't Mm -hmm. suck. And, you know, and all of these things, all of these irrational belief systems that I carried because of my own personal trauma. 
And again, I know the story is long, but I swear to you, I'm only giving you the sound. So now I'm in my job. Yeah. I have these two small children because I was a career woman for years before I had the children because I had them. These two small children. I have this awesome. Man. I figure out I can paint. Because somewhere around this time, I pick up a paintbrush. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to work every day. Go, oh my God, I hated you. Why is my head <laughs> a school? Blah, blah, blah. And why do these people not get it? Well, nothing changed. I yeah. stayed. Yeah. But it's but I was ignoring the tap on the shoulder. And then I yes. got a rheumatoid arthritis. I run every day mm-hmm. and kickbox and do all this stuff. And now I, I'm, I'm becoming a prisoner in my own body. Yeah. So now, I again, I'm painting. I'm happy mm-hmm. at home. I don't want to stay after school, um, yeah. you know, till 7, 8 o'clock at night to meet with parents that don't want to hear what I have to say <laughs> when I've got this beautiful family at home. And I'm becoming mm-hmm. quite rebellious. Yeah. So at the end of 2016, a year and a half after I figured out I could paint, I self-sabotaged. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're ready for the details, but I self-sabotaged. And it again, the full punch to the yeah. you know what. And that's when I walked in in 2017 and said, I can't do this anymore. And that's when. So we started at the end, yeah. back to the beginning, and now we're back to that place. Like the movie isn't that life yeah i think yeah. that's life though i think that is that is uh growth growth is never a linear thing everyone think growth is a linear thing and um it is a perfect example when i utilize from time to time when uh, a plane takes off to go on a trip to from new york to miami um it is not a straight line plane will go off all over the place or whatever but that compass that internal compass will always keep you aligned. The the plane will go all directions, drop uh, yeah. air pockets, so all kind of dancing. But that compass, it is the instrument that brings it back into focus. And so the internal uh, compass that is within us, once it's awoken, you can't put it back to sleep. And so it will always bring you back as all the turmoils that are happening around you. And a lot of it is designed, I I use the word design, Dana, to get you to come to a place where you are about to walk this walk of faith. It is getting to a place where you're going to walk your spiritual walk from your spiritualness to, out to the natural versus from your natural uh, walking around because when you're walking around in a natural state, you're blind as a bat. You don't know nothing, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, but when you're walking with your from your spiritual being, as you stated before, that uh, that uckiness or whatever, that yeah, thing is real. That thing is real. That sees where you are not able to see. And when you walk from that lifestyle, you have an, uh, another sense that mankind is not aware of that is at your disposal to guide you in all of this mess that is happening in yeah, front of you. Yeah, you know, you know, speak it, you know. <laughs> and so when you begin to focus and allow that compass now to guide you and to hook into that, all of this madness happening around you doesn't mean a thing. But the yeah. others, what happen is the stuff that is outside becomes a part of the design to get you to go and find you and say to yourself, okay, I need to make a new agreement here in order to survive. And you are now going to make, and that's what I say when people start drifting off is because they haven't made the agreement yet. You made that agreement. You ran to that uh, uh, principal and go, I'm done. Thank you. 
And yeah. once you did that, it now allows, again, you're going to release power with your words. And as you release the power, it will, I tell people, it will bring all the other people into your space and the situations into your space, Dana, because what did you release? You release energy. What are people? Energy housed within the body. Energy will pull energy that is necessary to get the job done. God said, I need light. Give me light. And you and I are going to say, I need this. Boom. And, and it comes around in a situation and it will take a little time because that those molecules, if you wish, began to formulate. And as they began to formulate and create this thing called sun and moon, you, it's formulating and creating a circumstances to bring those people into you to bring it everything to pass. And I tell people, we are creators, girl. We are some powerful stuff. And so here you are, Dana, you are now, you made your statement of faith. You are now going to your husband, recognizes the gift. He sees it. He knows it. He says, honey, if you're going to do this, we need to make a couple of adjustments. And you guys, you gave him the key. You said, let's make the adjustment. Talk to me here. And walk us through as you made the adjustment there. How did the other things that you began to call upon begin to manifest in your life? Whew. This is actually the stuff we're talking about now is the follow up yeah. to the first book because I'm like, people yeah. gotta, they got to see this in real time. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I have a belief that, like you said, when you say it, when you say it, when you declare that this is what I want or this is what I yes. believe, right? And your mm -hmm. energy does not belie that statement. Like when you say it and you believe it, the yep. universe will somehow conspire to make it happen. I 100% believe Faith, that. Carol. That's what's called faith, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I also believe that there are opportunities. I call them the how bad do you want it opportunities. So, yeah. for example, when I said I was going to leave my job and, and I was making six figures, just that six figures, six figures. Yeah, I had a year because so I went in in August and said, "Okay, I'm giving you this school year, and I'm walking out of here in the in the spring, right?" So yeah. the fall of 2016, I'm walking out in the spring of uh, June of 2017. But in that year, another administrator, another principal from another school that I had worked with years ago, was opening a new private school of his own, and he approached me and said, "He offered me a job. <laughs> he offered me a job doing exactly what I was doing." moving to a city, pay for the move, pay for my place until we figured it out, and was pay going to pay me $175,000 to do mm -hmm. this thing. And it was yeah. the, how bad do you want it? And I yeah. turned them down. And everybody yeah. else in my sphere of influence was like, what are you doing? You're turning this down for zero dollars. And yeah. I'm like, compass. I'm like, I got to do what I have to do. And another thing that's interesting is when we moved, so again, we sold the house, bought the less expensive house. The moment we signed the, the mortgage, my mm -hmm. husband then lost his six figures. So yep. we went from a whole bunch of figures to zero mm -hmm. figures. How bad yeah. do you want it? And I'm like, no, yeah. man, you got to stick with this. You got to stick with this. Yeah. And so now we're in this situation where I have committed mm -hmm. To my, mm -hmm. I call it my soul's purpose. What my heart, yeah. what my soul, what my guts are telling me to do. He is committed yeah. to supporting me because he sees something that I'm just beginning to see. Yeah. And all the, I call them unicorns. Unicorns are these magical beings that I'm now aligning with that I couldn't see mm -hmm. before that were crossing yeah. my path before because I wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. And yeah. everybody I needed and everything I needed just showed up as I needed it. Yeah. 
And it's, it's mind blowing. It's like I, I created this, um, I was creating this event. This is when I was first started this path. I was creating this event and I needed somebody, I needed a vegan chef. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, do, 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 do. And all of a sudden this one knows this one and boom, she's in my lap. I don't have to search mm-hmm. for it. I need yeah, somebody to help me create these <laughs> yeah. for this event. Yeah. But that were like mm-hmm. handmade. And this woman mm-hmm. who does this for a living, who also just happened to live in my neighborhood, showed yeah. up. Like it's mm-hmm. it's such an amazing thing, this thing that I call alignment, and it's everything that you're describing, like the particles of energy. Yeah. It it's, takes time it, to bring them all to you. Well, you don't and get pregnant come. and then a baby plop on the floor. There's a gestation period, right? Yeah. You need nine and months. You need to get all yeah. the pieces together and then the baby shows up. And that's what happens. And I tell people, it is all dependent on you. And um, you and your life is waiting on you to decide that you want it, what you want. And once yeah. you decide what you want, as you state, You'll see how people come from all over the place to bring it to pass because they were just waiting on you. They were on the outskirt there just waiting for you to release the words. Um, I grew up in church, and so I usually, from time to time, I'll pull the situation out of there. And you mentioned all these things happen to you. How bad do you want it? Um, I remember a story where Jesus is walking on water. And Peter says to him, can I come on that thing? And he says, yeah, come on out. Hang out with me. So he jumps out of the boat, and he begins to walk on water. And he's walking on water and he's stepped out by faith, just like you did. You stepped out by faith. And then the circumstances around Peter began to change. It began to get a little more interesting, as they say. The, the wind came and the, all the, the circumstances changed. That's the only thing that changed. He was walking on water. And yeah. so what, when, what happened with you was circumstances around you changed. But Peter made one mistake. It says he looked around and he saw the circumstances and then he panicked and it says he began to sink. But you did not panic. And that is what I try to tell you. Well, the panic, the panic is there, but it didn't, it didn't pull you out of the, the desire, you 100%. know, Peter took his off, all his eyes off of where he wanted and, yep. and began to look around him. You did not. You said, we made a commitment. I'm going for it. I don't know what it is going to look like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we are not coming down. And that is the statement. Uh, you always, you said you've been saying it all night. Uh, there's a scripture in, in the Bible that says, decide a thing and it shall be established. But before you decide something, then, uh, says declare a thing and it shall be established but before you declare it you got to decide it you got to make it in your heart and you, you decided it. it and once you believe it and that's why i tell people the reason why you haven't moved is because you haven't found your statement of faith you don't know yep. what you want yeah and when you find out what you want it trust me the people will come from every place because they're waiting for you so here you are then and you guys made the leap you're walking by faith I want you to tell me how did you move from that place now from the zero figures to a place where you began to now produce the not income produce the the freedom uh by which you're able to create your because that's a lot of pressure here you know but you still have yeah. to have this freedom uh and belief within yourself to stay focused in order to progress and how was that um, that whole pressure? How did it begin to form you and your 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 husband 
as you began to walk this journey? You know, in the simplest of terms, I learned through specific experiences and they're really, it, there's just so many like minor things where I just keep proving that it's going to be yeah, okay. It's going to be I okay. I learned everything that I need, all of the resources that I need will always be available to me if I am following my, my heart's desire. You know, yes. again, however, you, whatever words you want to use, heart's desire, yes. your yes. bliss, mm -hmm. joy, your soul's purpose, but Every time it got a little scary, the wind would win, right? You know what I mean? Or or the other people would stand in this or whatever it is. Yeah. I still, I still knew. I can't explain it. It's the weirdest thing. Like there yeah. was no sign of any reason for me to believe that, oh, I'm going to be an artist now. Because what do the people say? Starting artists. What do people say? You're never going to make a living doing that, right? Yeah. yeah. That always seems to be the common thread. And my joke would always be, do I look like I missed a meal? Like, who are you calling? <laughs> like, who are you calling starving artists? But, but. It goes hand in hand with the action. Now, the action mm -hmm. should not be confused with the having to work. The action yeah. is taking these fired action. I did all the art tests. I promoted yeah. in so many ways. I used to paint flamingos, like, like, mm -hmm. you know, the plastic flamingos you put on people's yeah. lawns and put mm -hmm. eyelashes on them and name them, and, you know, like, uh, blue, like, um, mm -hmm. Have fake flowers on them and write my yeah. website and I would mm -hmm. throw them on people's lawns. Like I was doing everything. I used to go to, uh, like the local, local artisan market and, mm -hmm. and put up my tent and my walls and put up my art and just sit and paint and hand wow. people cards. And then my friends would say, did you sell anything today? I'm like, you don't get it. You don't yeah. get it. I'm just doing what I love to do. And I'm just putting yeah. it out. And yeah. so my ability to see the big picture and ignore the fear and know, and believe and trust and have faith that if I truly, truly feel this way and truly, truly do the things that make me feel good and bring me joy and trust that I'll always have everything I need, it shows up. When you asked the question, yeah. I got the feeling that you were looking like more for specifics, but there's so many and some of them are my no, youth, that's and some of them. They just, it yeah, happened. you answered it. Yeah, you answered it. And uh, talk to us now as you move from art into book. How did that come about? What was the catalyst that said, uh, the situation that arose that said, you know, I need to put this in a book? And uh, how did you proceed to do that? So, so we're in the spring of 2021, at this point, the gallery is about two and a half years old. Um, I am mm -hmm. doing, it's again, it's not just an art gallery, it's an intuitive one. So I am doing yeah. intuitive guidance people, uh, based on, I figured out how to take all of my, my skill set, right? I have an educational mm -hmm. background. Yeah. I am an intuitive. I am an artist. You know what I mean? So all of these things that I'm doing intuitive guidance and I'm always saying the same sort of thing over and over. You know, you have your thing, you know, the thing that yes. you, you find you constantly say, and you have your cute little anecdote or your cute little comparison yeah. or whatever. And in 2021, all four of my, my husband and my two children who are now 11 and 13 at the time, whatever years mm -hmm. ago, we all got COVID. We all yeah. got COVID at the same time. We dropped like dominoes. 
Like I was like mm-hmm. a, like a rhino with a tranquilizer dart. Like I was a layout one. I was like, oh, I'm fine, you know. But the four of us, boom, 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 and we're all in bed. So we're in bed yeah. for like 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 a, like a week. Like we're like you're really really sick, right? Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. have like the week after that where you're not well, you're not going anywhere, you're kind of moving around. Yeah. And then the next two weeks, you're just kind of getting back to. Your- so yeah. while I'm in bed after the part where you know I'm like. Just Please don't let me die. Like after those first yeah, few days, yeah. I'm in bed, yeah. we're watching people, whatever. And I'm getting this profundity drop into my head, like all these profound, like ideas and thoughts based on the material that I would share in yeah. with my intuitive guidance. But like in a really, because I was still long, right? I'm not yes. doing a mm-hmm. billion things and distracted yeah. by any kind of signs or whatever. And it's falling into my head and I'm thinking it's really profound. And I would grab my phone and in my notes, because I wasn't getting up, obviously, but in my phone, I would write down what it was. And this kind of went on. And then when I felt a little bit better, I grabbed my notes and I'm like, let me organize this in the computer. Mm -hmm. So I'm like typing it and I realized I had these 10 really profound ideas that were all about right? Because this is mm-hmm. obviously what I'm teaching, right? All about yeah. empowerment. And so when I organized it, I'm like, let me do like a little write-up. I'm probably going to wind up doing a lecture series or a workshop at the gallery or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden I'm writing and I'm like, holy shit, I'm writing a book. <laughs> and then I began spinning in my anecdotes and my personal experiences and context, like my life story for context. And it yeah. really wound up being, it's really, I mean, to say so myself, it's really a piece <laughs> of art. It's really, yeah. really good. Like anybody that I know that has read it, has read it, even people I don't know who have contacted me are like, this thing is life changing. It's because it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a how to essentially. Yes. Yeah. So that's how I wound up writing the book. And the second book mm-hmm. came shortly after. Because it just wasn't stopping. I finished the first book and I'm like, oh my God. And then I chronicled, like I said, the spiritual journey of decoding the language of the metaphysical community, decoding the language Mm -hmm. of, again, like I said, alignment and uh, frequency and manifestation and all of those words that if you, if you're not in those circles, is a little off-putting. And you yeah. said you're a, you're a man of, of, of faith, of Christian faith. So you, what mm-hmm. you do is you go back and you quote, you know, scriptures in the Bible. But what people don't mm-hmm. realize, you take those words and then you take the, the words of the metaphysical community and you then decode them and translate them. Everybody's saying the same thing. The same thing. It's the yeah, same thing. Yeah, the other thing that was ever reported. It's all the same thing, right? Yeah, it's the and same so thing. And so it's a beautiful thing what you're doing yeah. because you're making something that could, and I'm not just going to be candid, a turn off to people who are not of the Christian faith, right? Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. taking it and you're making it real and actionable and tangible. And I am yeah. taking something of the spiritual community that can be yep. like, oh, they're off in the woods with the crystals of yeah. the blue light. Yeah. <laughs> Same so that's, thing. that's, that's how that happens. <laughs> and I tell people that's how it's supposed to be. And we shouldn't negate each other. We should complement each other because we all have it from a different, um, vantage point, if you will. And yeah. when you put them collectively, we create a beautiful picture and, uh, we see all these things. Yes. We see it clearer. We see it with more understanding. And we are able to digest it more. And those that are able to look at it from these different things, everyone is able to speak each other through that. Everyone that has been listening to this conversation, I want you guys to get in and buy Dana's books. 
She's coming with the second one, working on it. But the first one, you get that book because in it, it goes deeper and gets, as she mentioned earlier, the juicy stuff is in there. So guys, get her books, buy it, give it out as gifts and presents. We have holidays coming up so that uh, uh, you have friends and family that want to read some juicy stuff. You guys know how I feel about uh, books. I tell people all the time, Dana, that a book houses the same power that the author is released into that uh, energy. 100%. And as you read it, it have the capability of jumping off of those page, landing within your spirit and create a brand new powerful you. Thank you. And I want you guys to get into Dana's space, get on her site. And I'm going to remind her that she needs to make an announcement before. Ah, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, she has some stuff coming up and I want you guys to um, hear about it so that you can partake of it. Dana, go ahead. Oh, Ken, you're a good man. So one of the things that I hadn't mentioned in any of this is um, I am um, my dear friend from college. We reunited 30 years later. Again, my happenstance. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she is the just the brilliance and, and the brainchild behind this platform. It's called it's called Uniquely You, but the platform is mm-hmm. called Find Uniquely You is the letter dot com. So it's Find Uniquely. And the whole purpose of this platform is to create a community. You know, you're talking about how we're singular, right? Ken, you're saying mm-hmm. we're singular. We all have our own experience. We all put our own flavor and our own stink on it, but we are yeah. essentially all in this together. You know, yes. my, my gallery is called Ubuntu Fish Gallery because Ubuntu covers that same concept. I can't yes. be well, happy, and whole unless we're all well, happy, and whole. Yes. So she has created this platform for people who have a passion, who have something to share. Um, they don't have to have 85 different certifications because we do have a training process that I am in charge of running to help people who have something. And I already got my eye on you, Ken, for the next round. Of <laughs> but uh, to, um, to teach their subject matter, and it's all about their seven different schools in mm-hmm. this one platform, School of Empowerment, School of Metaphysics. It takes a village for the children. School of Pharmacy with an F. And it's about mm-hmm. anything like nutrition and plant-based and integrative wellness. Um, yes. School of Creative Expression. Um, the Kitchen Sink School for anything that doesn't yeah. fall into these other yeah. schools. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, oh, the School of Thrivelihood. Because nice. it's about people who have, who want to take the leap from their traditional career path. But mm-hmm. they, they, they may have the goods, but they don't really know what to do with it. They don't have what a husband that's like, sure, quit your job, yeah. you know? And it helps <laughs> yeah. with, you know, moving people in that direction. So in, on this platform, it's not just about like workshops because they're live. They're live. They're again, it's about creating the community. It's yeah. about people sharing what they have. And then those that aren't yet ready, they haven't gotten to that point where they're ready to share. But they're mm-hmm. ready to learn and grow and expand and, and look behind the curtain and step into that next phase and may not know yet what to do or how to do it, yeah. but will then be faced with people who are doing such a thing. So I, on the platform, I do have, you know, other administrative roles, but mm-hmm. I have, I am also an instructor and I'm also teaching courses, teaching courses based on the 10 recommendments for personal empowerment. I have a longer course that is uh, of the entire book. So it's like a four week yeah. course and really help people identify what it is they need, what it mm-hmm. is, what, what belief system they need to reverse 
and walk them through how to get it in this intimate setting. The classes, we tap them at 20, 25 people. So people really have the opportunity to connect. Ken, the way you and I have connected, like I feel like I know you and we're on a Zoom call, you know, and you're frozen. I like the expression on your face. It was really intent that you're listening. Okay, still frozen. Anyway, um, so I teach this course and I also teach individual like little pieces of the different recommendments so people have the opportunity to, um, to again, evolve and connect. Ken, you're gone, Ken. So I assume that I'm still on the mic. So I'm going to continue to share. So I teach these workshops, um, four, 10 recs on the, oh, he's back. <laughs> there he is. He's coming. So Yay. So I don't know if you heard me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like juggling. I'm yeah, like, I heard you. Okay. So, so I'm teaching these courses on this platform. So for people who have read the book and want to delve in further, you, you're meeting with the author in order to do that. So here's the, the cool yes. event that I wanted to share. So because Find Uniquely You is a bit of a, a nebulous topic for a lot of people because it's like, yeah, come join us, take classes, teach classes, and you'll feel good. Hey, we're creating a community. Like, yeah. I, I, and again, nobody's reinventing the wheel. You know, yes, there's a Facebook, and yes, there are mm-hmm. uh, online um, classes being taught, but this is really for the people who are ready to live in a better place here and here to make these changes in their life. Um, These are, we're just like-minded people doing this. So on October 1st, um, I guess it's in like two weeks from now, on October 1st, we are creating an open house, which is an all day event. It's like six hours and it's in two hour block Mm -hmm. and it's really inexpensive. The tickets are inexpensive. They're $8.60. My, we have an angel book, Angela, the, the, the founder, you know, that we pull the number and like whatever it says, you know, it's like one to a thousand. So we're like, yeah. 862. Mm-hmm. So it's $8. <laughs> You'll see those kind of events that we do. They're like, I do, do we have another one that's like $7 yeah. and 42 cents because we think we're cute, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, so yeah. this event <laughs> will showcase what some of our U instructors are doing. Like there's round robins with instruct- instructors. I'm mm-hmm. actually doing a, you know, a, a 30 minute event. Um, where I talk about 10 reps and, you know, we do a little like mini workshop. Um, there are, there's a Reiki yeah. share. Somebody's doing a Reiki share. There's also Angela, again, the founder of this platform. We are in yeah. the beginning stages of creating, or oh, we have actually already started creating our own show that can, you may join us at some point. It's called Cuddle Talk. And, and we call oh, it really Cuddle really Talk really because really the requirements really. are you can't be sitting mm-hmm. at your desk. You have to be wearing your comfortable sleepwear. Mm-hmm. You can bring a blankie. You can bring a stuffy, your little sockies. <laughs> we have a segment called What's in Your Cup? And it's really to disarm uh-huh. people so we can just chill out, be our truest versions of ourselves, yeah. and and have this these kind mm-hmm. of conversations. So we're going to do a little segment of Cuddle Talk. And anybody who is signed up at that time will join us and be our guests on Cuddle Talk. Yeah. So just, again, to, to bring some clarity to it. It's October 1st. It's six hours and mm-hmm. two hour segments. The ticket mm-hmm. is $8.62. But if you buy that ticket, you don't have to come for the whole day because we all have lives. That's why we purposely created yeah. these mm-hmm. segments. So if you're available at one, you come at one. If you're available at nine or something, you come at nine. Yeah. But the schedule, like when you go on the website, yeah. this is my sign for website, by the way. But when you go on the website, it'll mm-hmm. tell you, you know, what the, everything is. I'm just giving you the, you know, 
the long and the short of it. But please, please, please join us if you have, if you're, if any of this speaks to you and you're like, cool, it's an inexpensive way to peek behind the curtain to see who we are and what we're doing. And again, get a taste of 10 recs, you know, with the author herself, um, if that yeah. interests. Excellent. I love this conversation. Dana, thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Everyone, I'm going to be there. I think I'm going to do yeah, my best to be there. Yeah, you're um, now committed. We're like dating <laughs> at this point. I I'm going to have to find my time yeah, and you know sure. my location. Sure. Yeah, so I'm going to yeah. try and see how I could put that in there and uh, where I could sneak in. But I definitely want to be there and, and support you guys. Thank you so much for coming here to Threads of Enlightenment and spending such quality time with us and just bringing joy into this conversation. Dana, oh, thank, thank you. you so what a much. pleasure, Ken. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Everyone who's listening to this broadcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.